Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you for another episode and we're going to be continuing the preview of New South Wales Rugby League for t- season 2021. Sorry, my apologies. We should be using the official dialect as, as specified by our Lord and Saviour, Peter Volandis, the, uh, the patron saint of Uzo. Sorry, I mean Mount Usley. Um, it is, uh, Rugby League we're talking about tonight and we are very excited to get back into one of the most important competitions in terms of player development within New South Wales Rugby League. It is the Ron Massey Cup, and we're very excited for this very, very special guest to join us here tonight. A former NRL player, a premiership winner with the Manly Seagulls from arguably one of the most talked about grand finals being the 2008 NRL grand final. We don't need to go through the scoreline again because everyone knows how that happened, but... Heath Lestrange from the Hills District Bulls, good evening to you. G'day, Anthony. Thanks for having me, mate. And it's it's a bit of a big transition for yourself over the last couple of years from your times being a professional rugby league player, playing in the Ron Massey Cup, but being able to, I guess, immerse yourself into the grassroots competition. Yeah, mate, it was. Uh, you know, I, uh, I grew up in the Hills District. Um, I always... Always said that I'd, you know, finish my career and do at least one more year at, at the Bulls. And, um, after I, after I finished my, uh, NRL career and Super League, I thought I'd dabble and go do one year and end up doing three and a bit. So now I really enjoyed my time back at the, uh, back at the Bulls with a lot of people that I, uh, played with when I was there when I was younger. And then also a lot of blokes I played there when I was, um, playing school footy. So it was always very, very nice. And and of course a very a very special club an important one within the development system for the Parramatta Eels itself. Two questions, uh, I guess the first question I do have for you there is, is that importance of that pathway arrangement from Hills District all the way up to the Parramatta Eels? Yeah, mate, it's a very important pathway for a lot of boys. A lot of boys get uh, get lost in around their eighteens and twenties, uh, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, you know when. There's a lot of boys that get identified early to being, you know, possibly a first grader from when they're, you know, 16, 17 and they sort of get fast tracked. And there's a couple of boys there, especially like, um, uh, middles and forwards who sort of get lost a little bit there and need a little bit, a bit more time to, um, you know, get their bodies right and get a bit, bit more mentally strong to play. Uh, week in, week out at footy. So, uh, no, it is very important for boys to be able to go back there and, uh, get week in, week out footy, um, get some minutes under their belts, play a couple of games a weekend if possible. And, um, you know, in two or three years time, you see a lot of boys knocking on the door of, uh, Premier League clubs and then playing first grade. Well, we're going to go into it um, tonight. We will be talking about the Ron Massey Cup for 2021 or whatever name it may end up becoming because we know New South Wales Rugby League, they love to make changes at the drop of a hat without any warning to anyone else. Uh, We'll go through the squad, go through some of the changes and then maybe just maybe in the second half, Heath Lestrange might be 
going through what will be the return of drop and give me 20. He's warming himself up as as we speak. We're warming ourselves up. Keith Topolsky, the Lord Mayor, I believe has actually got the whistle in his mouth, ready to blow time on. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. This is Splinters. Now, Heath, we're going to be talking, the competition this year is going to be quite different from from the last couple of years. We've often seen the Ron Massey Cup competition, about 10 to 12 teams, depending on the availability of clubs and how deep they want to go with it. This year looks like it's only going to be nine teams, which is a drop down from the 10, uh, with two teams pulling out. And first off, the first one I want to mention to you, of course, the big, the big excitement from last year was expected to be the Fiji Silk Tails entering the competition. That won't be happening this year. Yeah, it's very sad. Um, I was actually in the uh, Ron Massey Cup team last year to play, and was uh, you know looking forward to my uh, Fijian trip. Uh, it was going to be really good and go over there and and uh, share a bit of knowledge with um, uh, in Fiji. But unfortunately, with everything that happened last year, they couldn't. They had to pull out, and then they've obviously pulled out again this year, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, it's rugby league is uh, in their blood over there. They absolutely love it. Yeah, it's very disappointing for all their fans and also um, a lot of the young blokes trying to come out here and, and crack it in rugby league as they're, um, as they're uh, you know, to, to, to play footy full-time. And we've seen a few players from Fiji over the years really break into the um, into the competition. I mean, we all know about Jared Hayne going back and representing Fiji in um, in rugby sevens, but then you've got the likes of Sammy Radradra and I believe Mike Asivo as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them, mate. They, they, they come over there, they're hard, very hard, especially a lot of the wingers, mate. They're built like front rowers. They can. Um and they run like uh, like Hainsey as well. So they get too too big, too strong, and um, they get too good and uh, get signed by rugby. And, you know, unfortunately, we're losing a lot of them to rugby. Um, a lot of the boys are going playing for the Reds and the Brumbies and going overseas and playing in France, which, you know, is very unfortunate. Um, it's good for them, you know, good for them and their families because, you know, they send a lot of money back home and to support their families, which is really great. But... Uh, unfortunately, uh, for the rugby league fans, we lose them and they, uh, they head off, uh, to rugby. Now, the other team that we think it won't be coming back this year, and it's, and it's a bit of a shame, this one, because they have been a staunch club within this competition and the Sydney Shield for the last, uh, for God knows how many years, the Guildford Owls. So no more trips to McCready Park. Yeah, old McCready, uh, the old goalpost. No, it's, it's always been a, um, a really hard place to go, Guildford, and they've always got a great, great bunch of players. Uh, Paul Fletcher's always got them, uh, raring to go week in, week out. Yeah, unfortunate. That's very unfortunate that they've pulled out as well. Um, you know, Hills and, Hills and Guildford have always had a very, uh, staunch competitive side. So, um, yeah, no, unfortunately they can't, um, come back into the competition, hopefully next year. But, uh, I believe a lot of their players have, uh, dispersed and, Going to all of the other clubs that are still remaining. Now, the big, the couple of the names that do come up with it, obviously the Camro brothers, uh, who have been, you know, almost Guildford through and through, but a certain NRL player there, Shane Shackleton, there were rumours he was floating around. Um, any word on him? No word on him this year. I know Shaq was, um, myself and Tim Robinson made a couple of 
calls to uh, Shaq last year, trying to uh, pull him out of retirement. But um, no, nah, I don't think the body was going to have any of that. Uh, but um, yeah, mate, never say never. Uh, just like myself, every now and again, you get that urge to play again. It just sort of it pulls you back into it. But um, I'm completely done this time. No more phone calls to me. You've you've switched your you've you've put the the manager's mobile on block. You're done. I don't want to hear from it. Nah, Mick Gremo and Griffo, their their calls are barred on my phone, so no more. <laughs> uh, a very disappointing one, but one that we did know last year. The Asquith Magpies they won't be returning, but the rumor is at this stage that they will be back for 2022. I oh, just like Guildford, mate. Asquith are the same. There you get such a great coaching staff, great squad. Uh, unfortunately, you know, to put the money together to come into the competition is just a little bit hard some of these seasons, uh, especially what happened last year with the coronavirus and obviously again this year with the backing from the Leeds clubs. Um, yeah, it's very unfortunate. You know, that, that northern side of Sydney, they, they, they deserve a team. Uh, unfortunately, just like Guildford, uh, they might just have to wait another year. So with that, we will be left with nine clubs in the competition. We're going to start off in alphabetical order with the Blacktown Workers Seagulls. Of course, that feeder all the way through to the Manly Warringah <laughs> Seagulls. The lineup over the last couple of years has been, I guess, chopping and changing at the, at the drop of the hat. And Blacktown Workers will be working hard to, to get a, to get their team into line once again. Kelsey Cokes and Reese Gilliatino very, had been very solid for them over the last couple of years. But the, the big loss they had from a couple of years ago was, of course, Cameron Cryer leaving to go to Mounties. Okay. Yeah. Mate, mate it's, it's always, it's always hard when you get a team that, that are linked with New South Wales cl- clubs and NRL clubs, you get picked up a lot easier and you get chopped and changed from, you know, New South Wales Cup training and, and Ron Massey Cup teams and other teams sort of pick you up. That's why you see a lot of clubs chopping and changing, going, you know, from Blacktown to Mounties because Mounties were with Canberra and now they're with the, with the Bulldogs and, you know, Blacktown were with Manly. You see that often. Uh, a lot of the New South Wales Cup teams uh, picking and choosing their players and obviously jumping from Ron Massey team to Ron Massey team. But it's such a strong competition that the boys always seem to find their feet wherever they go. Obviously, with the boys that you just said, it's for people that come into the come into the competition and prove themselves, they they always find a way. And of course, you were I think you were still, to a certain extent, associated with Manly when the initial talks of this relationship with Blacktown Workers was was building up. And what impact did you see initially when that relationship started coming through to its full, its full extent? Oh, it was when I came back from England, actually. I, um, probably just around the time I retired, I remember talking to Luke Williamson when he was still coaching back there that there was something, you know, the rumblings of, you know, Blacktown workers and Manly and kept coming through. And, mate, it's always going to be a great option. There's so many great players that play at West and not getting picked up. You know, Penrith and Parramatta are such a big catchment. And West, such a big catchment. You know, a lot of players fall through those gaps. You know, it's a smart move by Manly. It's just unfortunate. There's a, there's a lot of players that are on the northern beaches that aren't getting picked up. You know, you say the same what I was saying about Blacktown, there's so many players on the northern beaches as well that aren't getting picked up. It's really hard for them to find a place. A really good something like Asquith to come back in the competition, or even, you know, I think it was the uh, the Seagulls that were up here and uh, oh, Peninsula, yes, Peninsula Seagulls. 
would have been a great, um, you know, a great team. That I think they only had the one great year. Went through undefeated. Killer lineup they had. The it likes was. of Vinny, Vinny Nagaro in particular. Mate, I was in. Uh, I was actually in the Super League at the time, and I was mate. I'd always have a flick through and uh, have a look what was going on. And mate, they went through Willie Bishop. They went through undefeated. I'm not sure. Did they end up winning the the GF? No, the- they lost in the um, grand final qualifier. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, I thought, mate, I thought that was great. It's great for the Northern Beaches, you having a team down here. But, uh, yeah, mate, uh, mate, it's great for Blacktown. It's great for Manly to have a team out there. As long as the boys are able to, you know, transfer here and there. I know Matty Ballin's doing a great job with the New South Wales Cup out there. He's the, uh, the coach of the New South Wales Cup. So I know he's got a great squad there. And hopefully a lot of the boys that feed out of that down to the Ron Massey and into the Shield will only make the Blacktown workers strong. Let's go to a club that ha- does have a pretty decent history as of late of producing talent. It is the Cabramatta Two Blues, and uh, I guess a, a player you would have played against from time to time, Paul Simona, making his uh, making his return to the Two Blues. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, Cabramatta have always been a uh, very strong club since I was a young fella. Um, it was always, you know, Wentworthville, uh, Cabramatta, Hills District, uh, Mounties, uh, always, you know, really, really strong coming through and. You know, I've got a lot of bad memories at Cabaret Sports Grounds. They're, they're a great, great club, very proud. Um, and they always seem to, you know, every now and again they have a bit of a rebuild, but um, they always seem to find their players and um, bring a lot of young boys through from that area. A very, a very strong development um, club there in particular. And uh, Lark, the, a couple of years ago, really threatened to blow the competition wide open. And I think if it wasn't for um, COVID, they could have been the dark horse for the competition. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, they were... That's why last year was so um, so disheartening that so many so many teams so many players pulled out. Uh, it was very hard for um, you know to get a, to get a grip of what was going on from week to week. Where you know who are we playing? Are we, you know we're playing the Maitland Pickers, or we playing you know Forbes and all that kind of stuff. Where you know for the last twenty years or so, you know you've always played the Cabras, the Guildfords, and all this kind of stuff, which. You know, threw a big spanner in the works. But like you said, Cabramatta did stack up uh, the start of last year. And it was just unfortunate that a lot of the clubs that had the least clubs couldn't put teams on the park. The next club we got up from uh, the Dung Hill, that is Goddard Park. God knows I've had to play cricket there before, and I can tell you it does resemble just that. The Glee Burwood Wolves and the rumour going around that Greg Eastwood is going to trot out for them again this year. Mate, um, what a great team they are! It, it honestly, they um, they always seem to find a lot of boys, a lot of no name boys in there that are really, really good, really strong. We played them in our first game last year, and they gave us. I was absolutely pouring down with rain, and they gave us an absolute touch up. They love they love a good muddy match, don't yeah, they? They love it. They love it. Yeah, just a just a good grinding team. Uh, they always seem to do well, and uh, you know, Greg Eastwood will always um, strengthen any team. He's um, he, he doesn't look like he packs a punch, but I tell you what, he makes a difference any team that he's in. The and considering the, the relationship that they've now got with Sydney University feeding them, and then the relationship they've got further up the chain with Newtown, it's a even though it's three separate clubs, they, they, they're one of these rare situations where the clubs actually work very well together, and it's almost as if it's one developmental pathway in through to Cronulla. You have to have that, Anthony. If you don't have that, things fall apart. If you're not keeping an eye on your players. You know, from first grade, New South Wales Cup, Ron Massey, Cinder Shield. If you're not keeping an eye on your players and, you know, you're not getting updates on how people are going from week to week, mate, things fall apart. Players, 
get disgruntled with coaches, get disgruntled with other players, get disgruntled with the clubs. It just, mate, doesn't work. You need to, the lines of communica- communication need to be open. Everyone needs to be uh, really transparent what's going on uh, from week to week. Because if, if you're a coach in this Wales Cup, watching these players and Ron Massey, and you just send them a text every now and again saying, oh, you're doing great, you're, not, you're doing great, you're not watching their videos, mate, you're just going to lose them straight away. Absolutely. Let's go to your team, the Hills District Bulls. And you know, a team that I think had been rebuilding and rebuilding fairly mm-hmm. well, yourself along with, uh, I guess, a former teammate of yours, Daniel Harrison, forming the, uh, forming the lineup from last year. A team that, again, knows how to find players very in-your-face style of play. Of course, I remember the first time I ever called Hills District was up at, um, up on a Easter Thursday. When they played Asquith Magpies, there was no Sapphire Lounge on that no- that night. I can tell you that, but certainly the um, the fights were starting like you would not believe. And I think I remember in particular um, a certain Asquith hooker starting a couple of them, and I think getting Sinbin twice yeah. <laughs> in that one game. Yeah, mate. It's uh, there's it's, it's always a couple of dust ups with a couple of you know the teams that um, you know with mixed players over the years. You know Asquith. Uh, there's a lot of Hills boys there. You know, we get a lot of Asquith boys, Guildford boys. Uh, you know, Wenty to an extent. A lot of our junior players all played footy together. So, you know, we all, they, they all played, um, juniors together at Hills and, you know, they start drifting away and not, I'm not necessarily going for money, but, you know, going for an opportunity at different clubs. And it's always, uh, good to play against your mates. So a couple of our young boys have always got fellas that, you know, they used to grow up together and it's always nice to, uh, you know, rub a couple of heads in the dirt and, uh, stick it to them. But, uh, mate, it's always, it's always, it's always fun and games on the field, but, uh, as soon as afterwards, it's always a shake of the hand. Absolutely. Now, the, uh, the one of the things I did want to raise from your team as well was, of course, your, your partnership playing in that lineup with the likes of, of Josh Lewis and a guy who we've seen around a, a few years already and, and certainly a very talented player in his own right and Brad Speechley. Yeah, mate, uh, Jay Ella, uh, Jay Ella and I didn't really get to, uh, click too much last year. Um, I hurt myself round two. I played with Jay when we were, uh, young blokes at, um, at the Roosters and Newtown and, uh, we had a good combination, myself, Jamie Soward and Jay so. Mate, we're really looking forward to last year and Speech coming on board as well. And, um, you know, it didn't work out as, uh, as we planned. Speech, um, had a few things on and he, uh, pulled out, um, uh, when all the coronavirus stuff hit. And then I hurt my knee, uh, round two of the new cup last year. But, uh, mate, we've got a great, a lot of great players down at Hills. Uh, Griffo and, uh, Mick Gremo always seem to find, uh, really, really good, hard-working boys. Um, no one chasing a dollar. Just boys that just are good to play with, good hard workers, and uh, obviously with JL, very creative. Looking forward, of course, one of the one of the great moments of the year is when it's Nathan Gremo t- Cup time. Uh, we've been honoured the last couple of years to have called that match live on uh, on Triple H, and. You got to experience a couple of those games yourself, a very special match throughout the season. It is, mate. Um, you know, I've, I've known the Gremo since I was uh, five or six years of age. I'm, uh, my, my brother, all my older brothers are all good mates with all the Gremo boys. 
So uh, no, it's, it's always really, really good to be uh, a part of that game um, for Nathan, who's uh, such a such a little champion that um, that uh, that was in an accident, and um, you know his uh, we always um, his memory will always be around now uh, as a Nathan Gurman Memorial, and uh, we always think of him for our organ donation. Absolutely, and we do encourage anyone. Um, to everyone to, to talk with your loved ones about um, organ organ donation when it comes to that time, and I have to say, um, as a, f- a friend of someone who's benefited from from organ donation uh, twice, and this one he's the cystic fibrosis, so uh, we know the power of what what it what it can do and what it can give. So certainly, we encourage everyone at, who attends or is even thinking about that cup have that discussion. Absolutely. Definitely. Let's move on to the next team. It is Mounties, and um, a lot of change for Mounties this year, not only in terms of the lineup itself, but the relationship that they have. Because, of course, you did mention at the top of the show, their, their long-term relationship with Canberra, that's over. Over, mate, yeah. No, it was a uh, surprise to me. Um, I thought that was a I thought, mate, it was a really great relationship they've had for years, years and years. Uh, it was back when I was... Oh, would have been at Roosters, I think. Uh, they had that uh, relationship, but um, Al found out through uh, my old coach Mick Potter. Uh, he he was on one of the websites not long ago and saw him in the background and sent him a text. And he said, "Yeah, it's all it's all been done and dusted. He's with the Bulldogs now and just sort of oversees a lot of the plays like that New South Wales Cup overseer and uh, spotting all those young blokes coming through and you know um, doing a little bit of training here and there with the, a lot of the young blokes." We did mention earlier on Cameron Cryer, who's been a bit of a journeyman as of late, started off at Wentworthville, went to uh, Blacktown Workers, now finds himself at Mounties looking to make that push into the New South Wales uh, Cup competition. A very talented hooker in his own right and a very handy kicker. But Mounties' strength over the last couple of years has been their forward pack with a couple of very notable names in that lineup, including their hooker Sam Duggan and their second rowers in particular in Kane McQuiggan and Dean Madison. Mate, they've always had a good good pack and um and a couple of wingers as well, wingers and centers that look like they could be in the pack. It's always uh it's always a very, very happy sight for a hooker when you got you walk into a dressing shed and you got, you know, six foot four, six foot five front rowers and back rowers. You know it's gonna be a good day as long as they find their front. Um you know, you can uh, as, as long as your pack's moving, um you've got plenty of space as a hooker to get out and try and create something. So Mate, it's always, um, yeah, yeah, mate, if you've got two hookers running, two hookers running, it's, um, it's always a good day. We then go on to St. Mary's, which, as we know, has become an absolute, uh, I mean, what are we, what are you saying in terms of this? One of the biggest breeding grounds in the competition itself. Um, a couple of very noticeable names in their lineup at the moment. Alan Fitzgibbon, Jeff Daniella, who has been a mainstay of the, uh, Lebanese Rugby League team, Chris Ornizi Scanlon. Uh, of course, this is the team where Maker Sevo first started making a name for himself. Yeah, mate. Um, I remember Maker um, Sevo a couple of years ago running over me two or three times at Crestwood. That wasn't that wasn't lovely. But uh, mate, Jeffy Jeffy Daniella, he's been there. I used to play Jeffy uh, schoolboy footy. He used to be at St Dom's. Those were Black Blacktown Paddies. So. Um, 
Yeah, mate. He's he's been there for a while after his first grade career, and um, he's a very loyal loyal player. And um, he's just like uh, Timmy Robinson, just someone you won't. As soon as they're in that team, you're not getting them out. The the St Mary's machine has been one that's been fabled for years. Of course, preferred by Phil Gould as a as the breeding ground for the for the Penrith Panthers. But it has to be said, it's a reputation that they they well and truly earned over the years, uh, even during their time when they ran the New South Wales Cup team on behalf of the Panthers. Oh, you, 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 you have a good look at what they've got there in their coaching staff. Like uh, the last couple of years has been, you know, you know the Brad Drews and and uh, I think pretty sure Luke Swain's the coach there now. He definitely he is, was there yeah. last year. It's like the kind of people that they keep around the club from back in the day, uh, you know, hardworking people, hardworking players, you know, they weren't weren't afraid of the grind. And that just sort of just and exactly what you're saying, what Gus tried to instill in that in that uh in that club is getting those kind of people around the club that have been there before, that do the that go through the grind, that love the train, work hard, and that just filters all the way down, all the way down to the kids. Mate, the Panthers have always had such a great Great young base, and that's just uh, carried on now at St Mary's where they've got somewhere to go now. Um, they get a little bit of cash to play a bit of footy, and then uh, they can build from there. And not only that, but the rumour going around at the moment that there might be one former player, Tim Grant, may even be making a, an odd return to St Mary's. Now, if that makes um, certain people feel uncomfortable in other competitions, Spare a thought for those that actually have to play against this lineup if Tim Grant does line up. Yeah, mate, he, he's such a great player. He made, made a big difference down the coast last year. Um, I think he was playing for the Butchers, through all Butchers, and uh, made a big difference for those boys last year. And um, it will make a big difference for St Mary's. And that's just another uh, another reason, you know, Swaney's probably got him there. Just an old bloke. Uh, an old head, sorry, that um, that wants to grind and you know play some good good footy up front, dominate, try and dominate in the middle. And if you're an, if you're another young front rower playing with him, that just lifts you a peg or two. And especially if you're a hooker playing behind him, every time he runs, gets quick play the ball, draws a couple of players, bang, you're off straight beyond the run. I forgot to, I forgot to mention as well. They've also got. I mean, could you imagine having Tim Grant in the lineup with Jeff Daniella, with Kurt Falls, Alan Fitzgibbon? And I forgot to mention they've even got Sam McKendry in this lineup. Oh, this Sam McKendry. Well, that's, a, that's a great pack. Yeah. Great pack. Yeah, Mate, that's, that is that's going to be one of the danger packs for them uh, this year. So um, certainly they're going to be one of my favourites uh, for the competition this year. We are going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we will finish off the rest of the teams in the Ron Massey Cup, and from there it will be Heathless Strange to drop and give us 20. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Splinters, the Veg Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM and streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Not only that, available for download at podcast.com, 
Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso alongside our special guest, Heath Lestrange, to talk about the Ron Massey Cup. We've just gone through the majority of the teams, two left to go to talk about, and one of them, Heath, is the powerhouse from Ringrose Park, the Wenty Magpies, and... One of the one of the old guys who used to go, come up against in particular lining up possibly lining up for them this year again is Bo Henry. Yeah, mate, I played Bo. I played with Bowie at uh, the Dragons. We had a, a really good relationship there. We had a good off season there, um, mate. He's such a and I played against him also uh, when I played for Collegians down the south coast. He played for Dapto. Great player, great leader. Um, he's very, very, very bad on the chat on the field. Um, he will, he will, he'll let you know exactly how everything's going, and then if you give him a little bit, he he goes off like a uh, like a firework. But um, mate, when he's got a great history, just like Cabra and um, and Guildford and you know all those and Mounties, um, really really well run, a great um, a, a lot of great young players. You know all their all their teams are always full up from under sevens all the way to nineteens. Um, and a lot of great coaches and very well run up in the um, in the big house up there by uh, Rod Pritchard. <laughs> the the ground itself has been a, a very crucial part. Of course, you mentioned Rod Pritchard and his um, uh, you got Ryan now coming through as the hooker there as well. But it's not just the Rob Pritchard's going through, but a lot of the ex-Parramatta players who have come back and helped out um, from time to time, the likes of you know, Tim Manor as well, often coming back and giving them a hand, whether if he drops in for a game or helps out with the coaching from time to time. The, the resources available to this club is absolutely incredible, not to mention their, um, their league's club. Yeah, it is, mate. Uh, like you said, it's got a lot to do with the league's club, but it's got to do with people like Rod as well. Show my age here. You know, young Ryan, I've known him since he was born. So, um, you know, for someone like that, for Rod to bring his son up in the, you know, at the one club, he did go off for other opportunities to play to crack first grade. Uh, but he is back now with his hometown club, which is always great to see. But uh, like you said, you know, players like Tim Manor dropping back. If you ever, if you ever get people like that dropping back and just giving like hints and tips, just like Tim Grant at St Mary's and. You know, Tim Robinson at Hills, you know, that, that kind of experience is so influential on a lot of the players, uh, young blokes coming through. And, uh, you know, hopefully it takes them to that next stage. Hopefully not for Wenny, but, uh, hopefully for other clubs. Last club we've got lined up is the Windsor Wolves. Uh, I believe your good mate, I've heard Brent Kite is going to be going around and helping out with coaching again. But the big news that came out from the Wolves only came through last week. They have a Announced the signing of Tony Williams into their lineup. Well, wow. yeah, I didn't know that about Cody. I thought Cody was still up the uh, up the coast, but um, he he was he was scheduled to take over a couple of years ago at the St Mary's or Windsor, and I think it fell through for for some reason. But um, oh, it's great to see Cody uh, back coach again. If, he, if, he, if that rumor is true, oh, we should preface that, of course. Okay, all right, no, yeah, no yeah. worries. But he's very influential. He used to uh, he used to bail uh, Matty Orford and Jamie Liner in halves and in the halves meeting, trying to tell them what to do. So he's got his um, very pushy in the way that he wants to play his game. Old Cody, even though he's a front rower, ball playing front rower, 
try scoring front row. So of course you put him over. You put him over to score in that grand final, didn't you? I, I did. I haven't heard a thank you, but anyway, that's that later when hopefully we go and call that game. But um, mate, that's a big deal for uh, Windsor if they get Tony Williams, uh, big T bone. He was uh, really getting back to his uh, his old self before he hurt his knee again. Um, a couple of years ago, I think when he was uh, started training at Blacktown, I think it was, or when he was at Para. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, once you've done your knee a couple of times, it's always a little weak. And they always say they're a lot stronger, but you know, not in your mind. If sometimes if if you think it's a little weak or it's a bit sore, something might happen. And, and unfortunately, these things happen. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how Windsor picked themselves up. Of course, they did take a, a fairly extended sabbatical from New South Wales Rugby League. Um, to play in the Penrith A grade. They attempted to come back last year, was stifled because of COVID. We will see how they go this year. It will be a big challenge for them to see if they can make that, um, that full-time move. But, Heath, it has come to that point of the night. Many have come, many have taken on this challenge. They've sometimes been left battered and bruised, but they are... They always say that they are better for the experience. It is our answer to Top Gear's incredibly famous star and a reasonably priced car. So without further ado, Heathless Strange, are you ready to drop and give us 20? Ready to rock and roll, mate. Let's get straight into it. And we're going to kick things off with a fairly easy one for yourself. Um, your original home club. My original home club is the Hills Richard Bulls. Yeah, my, uh, all four of my brothers, or all four brothers, we played... Um, for Hills, so uh, uh, it's a very, very great, great place out in Borker Mills. And we've got to, I have to ask as well, how how long has the aforementioned Sapphire Lounge been going there? Sapphire, oh, yeah, you, you were talking about it before, I've never heard of the Sapphire Lounge. Ah, uh, it's the Sapphire reference, Lounge, it's uh, a certain uh, Sultan, Tony Dosen, makes reference to the DJ that often rocks up there on <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's on the hill, he's on the hill, the DJ, he's, um, Mate, he doesn't stop. I'll tell you what, he's there about an hour before Sydney Shield, and he's about an hour after we leave. So, yeah, yeah he doesn't stop. Oh, I get you, you. You make sure you bring your shoes down for that night, for that afternoon in particular. A <laughs> uh, um, little bit of uh, dirt dancing. Oh, absolutely. Your home, your original hometown hero. Hometown hero. So, what from the Hills District or from the Hills District? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you have to. There's, uh, there's a couple there. Like, uh, like maybe a Johnny Coke. Oh, mate, I'm gonna to have to go. John Williams. Yeah. I, uh, I, grew, I grew up with. Obviously, I grew up with Johnny and Dave. Uh, Dave Williams. Dave was uh, the Wolfman, and Johnny was his older brother. I played with Johnny. He played uh, try scoring machine. They played for the Cowboys, Parramatta, and the Sharks. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely my hometown hero. Hometown. So you're, you're you're officially declaring the younger brother got got all the got um that bit more of the talent, are you? Or are we saying because David Williams is a winger, he's excluded because you know the wingers tend to be people who hang around rugby league players. Nah, they're <laughs> mate. They're both wingers. What are you talking about? <laughs> But, uh, no, mate, I love Davey. Davey's one of my good mates, but uh, Johnny's one of my best mates. So, mate, I'm very proud of having one of my best mates, um, and he's done very well for himself. Your first competition try, do you remember it? I do remember. It was in my debut against the Broncos. Won't bore you with the, with the details of, you know, the chip chase and drawing everyone on the field, but, um, no, I... Uh, just, uh, just pretty much just went down a short side and um, a few players, Webke and uh, a few a few other players, uh, Tony Carroll fell over each other, Gordon Tallis fell over each other, and I just seemed to find the line down a short side. So very unexpected. That was a that was a 
great year for me for my debut. I played, you know, people like Brad Fittler and Craig Fitzgibbon and Luke Rickardson and people like that. It was, uh, it was a great year. Your first, your most memorable on-field moment. I could think of a couple. I could think of one in particular. Uh, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. Forty nil. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I think so, mate. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, yeah, my mate. It was unbelievable. What an amazing day, amazing year. The week and the build-up yeah. build oh. is just something completely different as well. You don't experience anything like the build-up to grand final week. No, not at all, mate. It's a, um, it's something that you, you just can't imagine, especially the four weeks. After the, after the GF, uh, especially the way that Des had us prepared for it, you know, underneath the radar and, you know, we didn't want anyone thinking about us, you know. Everyone talked about Melbourne and everyone talked about the Broncos and everyone else and... We just, you know, just kept to ourselves and then, um, you know, all Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you for another episode. We're going to be continuing the preview of New South Wales Rugby League for t- season 2021. Sorry, my apologies. We should be using the official dialect as, as specified by our Lord and Saviour, Peter Volandis, the, uh, the patron saint of Uzo. Sorry, I mean Mount Usley. Um, it is uh, Rugby League we're talking about tonight. And we are very excited to get back into one of the most important competitions in terms of player development within New South Wales Rugby League. It is the Ron Massey Cup, and we're very excited for this very, very special guest to join us here tonight. A former NRL player, a premiership winner with the Manly Seagulls from arguably one of the most talked about grand finals being the 2008 NRL grand final. We don't need to go through the scoreline again because everyone knows how that happened, but... Heath Lestrange from the Hills District Bulls, good evening to you. G'day, Anthony. Thanks for having me, mate. And it's it's been a, a big transition for yourself over the last couple of years from your times being a professional rugby league player, playing in the Ron Massey Cup, but being able to, I guess, immerse yourself into the grassroots competition. Yeah, mate, it was. Um, you know, I, uh, I grew up in the Hills District. Um, I always... Always said that I'd, you know, finish my career and do at least one more year at, at the Bulls. And, um, after I, after I finished my, uh, NRL career in Super League, I thought I'd dabble and go do one year and end up doing three and a bit. So now I really enjoyed my time back at the, uh, back at the Bulls with a lot of people that I, uh, played with when I was there when I was younger. And then also a lot of blokes I played there when I was, um, playing school footy. So it was always very, very nice. And and of course a very a very special club an important one within the development system for the Parramatta Eels itself. Two questions, uh, I guess the first question I do have for you there is, is that importance of that pathway arrangement from Hills District all the way up to the Parramatta Eels? Yeah, mate, it's a very important pathway for a lot of boys. A lot of boys get uh, get lost in around their eighteens and twenties, uh, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, you know when. <clears throat> There's a lot of boys that get identified early to being, you know, 
possibly a first grader from when they're, you know, 16, 17 and they sort of get fast tracked. And there's a couple of boys there, especially like, um, uh, middles and forwards who sort of get lost a little bit there and need a little bit, a bit more time to, um, you know, get their bodies right and get a bit, bit more mentally strong to play, uh, week in, week out at footy. So, uh, no, it is very important for boys to be able to go back there and, uh, get week in, week out footy, um, get some minutes under their belts, play a couple of games a weekend if possible. And, um, you know, in two or three years' time, you see a lot of boys knocking on the door of uh, Premier League clubs and then playing first grade. Well, we're going to go into it um, tonight. We will be talking about the Ron Massey Cup for 2021 or whatever name it may end up becoming because we know New South Wales Rugby League, they love to make changes at the drop of a hat without any warning to anyone else. Uh, we'll go through the squad, some, go through some of the changes, and then maybe just maybe in the second half, Heath Strange might be going through what will be the return of drop and give me 20. He's warming himself up as as we speak. We're warming ourselves up. Keith Topolsky, the Lord Mayor, I believe has actually got the whistle in his mouth ready to blow time on. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. This is Splinters. Now, Heath, we're going to be talking, the competition this year mm. is going to be quite different from from the last couple of years. We've often seen the Ron Massey Cup competition, about 10 to 12 teams, depending on the availability of clubs and how deep they want to go with it. This year looks like it's only going to be nine teams, which is a drop down from the 10, uh, with two teams pulling out. And first off, the first one I want to mention to you, of course, the big, the big excitement from last year was expected to be the Fiji Silk Tails entering the competition. That won't be happening this year. Yeah, it's very sad. Um, I was actually in the uh, Ron Massey Cup team last year to play, and was uh, you know looking forward to my uh, Fijian trip. Uh, it was going to be really good and go over there and and uh, share a bit of knowledge with um, uh, in Fiji. But unfortunately, with everything that happened last year, they couldn't. They had to pull out, and then they've obviously pulled out again this year, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, it's rugby league is uh, in their blood over there. They absolutely love it. Yeah, it's very disappointing for all their fans and also um, a lot of the young blokes trying to come out here and, and crack it in rugby league as they're, um, as they're uh, you know, to, to, to play footy full-time. And we've seen a few players from Fiji over the years really break into the um, into the competition. I mean, we all know about Jared Hayne going back and representing Fiji in um, in rugby sevens, but then you've got the likes of Sammy Radradra and I believe Mike Asivo as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them, mate. They, they, they come over there, they're hard, very hard, especially a lot of the wingers, mate. They're built like front rowers. They can. Um and they run like uh, like Hainsey as well. So they get too too big, too strong, and um, they get too good and uh, get signed by rugby. And, you know, unfortunately, we're losing a lot of them to rugby. Um, a lot of the boys are going playing for the Reds and the Brumbies and going overseas and playing in France, which, you know, is very unfortunate. Um, it's good for them, you know, good for them and their families because, you know, they send a lot of money back home and to support their families, which is really great. But... Uh, unfortunately, uh, for the rugby league fans, we lose them and they, uh, they head off, uh, to rugby. Now, the other team that we think it won't be coming back this year, and it's, and it's a bit of a shame, this one, because they have been a staunch club within this competition and the Sydney Shield for the last, uh, for God knows how many years, 
the Guildford Owls. So no more trips to McCready Park. Yeah, old McCready, uh, the old goalpost. No, it's it's always been a, um, a really hard place to go, Guildford, and they've always got a great great bunch of players. Uh, Paul Fletcher's always got them uh, raring to go week in, week out. Yeah, unfortunate. that's very unfortunate that they've pulled out as well. Um, you know, Hills and... Hills and Guildford have always had a very uh, staunch competitive side, so um, yeah, no, unfortunately they can't um, come back into the competition. Hopefully next year, but uh, I believe a lot of their players have uh, dispersed and gone to all of the other clubs that are still remaining. Now the big, a couple of the names that do come up with it, obviously the Camro brothers, uh, who have been you know almost Guildford through and through, but. A certain NRL player there, Shane Shackleton. There were rumours he was floating around. Um, any word on him? No word on him this year. I know Shaq was... Um, myself and Tim Robinson made a couple of calls to uh, Shaq last year, trying to uh, pull him out of retirement. But um, no, nah, I don't think the body was going to have any of that. Uh, but, um, yeah, mate, never say never. Uh, just like myself, every now and again, you get that urge to play again. It just sort of... It pulls you back into it, but um, I'm completely done this time. No more phone calls to me. <laughs> you've you've switched your you've you've put the the manager's mobile on block. You're done. I don't want to hear from it. Nah, Mick Gremo and Griffo, their their calls are barred on my phone, so no more. <laughs> uh, a very disappointing one, but one that we did know last year. The Asquith Magpies they won't be returning, but the rumor is at this stage that they will be back for 2022. Oh, just like Guildford, mate, Asquith are the same. They get such a great coaching staff, great squad. Uh, unfortunately, you know, to put the money together to come into the competition, it's just a little bit hard some of these seasons, uh, especially what happened last year with the coronavirus and obviously again this year with the backing from the Leeds clubs. Um, yeah, it's very unfortunate. You know, that, that northern side of Sydney, they, they, they deserve a team. Uh, unfortunately, just like Guildford, uh, they might just have to wait another year. So with that, we will be left with nine clubs in the competition. We're going to start off in alphabetical order with the Blacktown Workers Seagulls. Of course, that feeder all the way through to the Manly Warringah <laughs> Seagulls. The lineup over the last couple of years has been, I guess, chopping and changing at the, at the drop of the hat. And Blacktown workers will be working hard to, to get a, to get their team into line once again. Kelsey Cokes and Rhys Gilliatino very, had been very solid for them over the last couple of years. But the, the big loss they had from a couple of years ago was, of course, Cameron Cryer leaving to go to Mounties. Okay. Yeah. Mate, mate it's, it's always, it's always hard when you get a team that, that are linked with New South Wales cl- clubs. And NRL clubs, you get picked up a lot easier and you get chopped and changed from, you know, New South Wales Cup training and, and Ron Massey Cup teams and other teams sort of pick you up. That's why you see a lot of clubs chopping and changing, going, you know, from Blacktown to Mounties because Mounties were with Canberra now they're with, the, with the Bulldogs and, you know, Blacktown were with Manly. You see that often. Uh, a lot of the New South Wales Cup teams, uh, picking and choosing their players and obviously jumping from Ron Massey team to Ron Massey team. But it's such a strong competition that the boys always seem to find their feet wherever they go. Obviously, with the boys that you just said, it's for people that come into the come into the competition and prove themselves, they they always find a way. And of course, you were I think you were still, to a certain extent, associated with Manly when the initial talks of this relationship with Blacktown Workers was 
was building up and what impact did you see initially when that relationship started coming through to its full its full extent oh I was, it was when i came back from england actually i um probably just around the time i retired i remember talking to luke williamson when he was still coaching back there that there was something you know the rumblings of you know blacktown workers and manly and kept coming through and mate it's always going to be a great option there's so many great players that play at west and not getting picked up you know Penrith and Parramatta are such a big catchment and west such a big catchment you know a lot of players fall through those gaps you know it's a smart move by manly it's just unfortunate there's a, there's a lot of players that are on the northern beaches that aren't getting picked up you know you say the same what I was saying about Blacktown, there's so many players on the northern beaches as well that aren't getting picked up. It's really hard for them to find a place. A really good something like Asquith to come back in the competition, or even, you know, I think it was the uh, the Seagulls that were up here and oh, uh, Peninsula, yes, Peninsula Seagulls would have been a great, um, you know, a great team. That I think they only had the one great year, went through undefeated. Killer lineup they had. The it likes Vinny, Vinny Nagaro in particular. Mate, I was in, uh, I was actually in the Super League at the time and I was, mate, I'd always have a flick through and, uh, have a look what was going on and, mate, they went through, Willie Bishop, they went through undefeated. I'm not sure, did they end up winning the, the GF? No, the- they lost in the, um, grand final qualifier. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, I thought, mate, I thought that was great. It's great for the Northern Beaches, you know, having a team down here. But, uh, yeah, mate, uh, mate, it's great for Blacktown. It's great for Manly to have a team out there as long as the boys, but I was, you know, transfer here and there. I know Matty Ballin's doing a great job with the New South Wales Cup out there. He's the uh, the coach of the New South Wales Cup, so I know he's got a great squad there, and hopefully a lot of the boys that feed out of that down to the Ron Massey and into the Shield will only make the Blacktown workers strong. Let's go to a club that ha- does have a pretty decent history as of late of producing talent. It is the Cabramatta 2 Blues, and uh, I guess a, a player you would have played against from time to time, Paul Simona, making his uh, making his return to the Two Blues. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, Cabramatta have always been a uh, very strong club since I was a young fella. Um, it was always, you know, Wentworthville, uh, Cabramatta, Hills District, uh, Mounties, uh, always, you know, really, really strong coming through. And, you know, I've got a lot of bad memories at Cabramatta Sports Grounds. They're a great, great club, very proud. Um, and they always seem to, you know, every now and again they have a bit of a rebuild, but um, they always seem to find their players and um, bring a lot of young boys through from that area. A very a very strong development um, club there in particular, and uh, Lark, the, a couple of years ago, really threatened to blow the competition wide open, and I think if it wasn't for um, COVID, they could have been the dark horse for the competition. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, they were... That's why last year was so um, so disheartening that so many so many teams so many players pulled out. Uh, it was very hard for um, you know to get a, to get a grip of what was going on from week to week. Where you know who are we playing? Are we, you know we're playing the Maitland Pickers, or we playing you know Forbes and all that kind of stuff. Where you know for the last twenty years or so, you know you've always played the Cabras, the Guildfords, and all this kind of stuff, which. You know, threw a big spanner in the works. But like you said, Cabramatta did stack up uh, the start of last year. And it was just unfortunate that a lot of the clubs that had the least clubs couldn't put teams on the park. The next club we got up from uh, the Dung Hill, that is Goddard Park. God knows I've had to play cricket there before, and I can tell you it does resemble just that. The Glebe Burwood Wolves and the rumour going around that Greg Eastwood is going to trot out for them again this year. Mate, um, what a great team they are! It, it honestly, they um, they always seem to find a lot of boys, a lot of no-name boys in there that are really, really good, really strong. We played them in our first game last year, 
and they gave us that. I was absolutely pouring down with rain, and they gave us an absolute touch up. They love they love a good muddy match, don't yeah, they? They love it. They love it. Yeah, just a just a good grinding team. Uh, they always seem to do well, and uh, you know Greg Eastwood will always um, strengthen any team. He's um, he, he doesn't look like he packs a punch, but I tell you what, he makes a difference any team that he's in. The and considering the the relationship that they've now got with Sydney University feeding them, and then the relationship they've got further up the chain with Newtown, it's a even though it's three separate clubs, they they're one of these rare situations where the clubs actually work very well together, and it's almost as if it's one developmental pathway in through to Cronulla. You have to have that, Anthony. If you don't have that, things fall apart. If you're not keeping an eye on your players, you know, from first grade, New South Wales Cup, Ron Massey, Sydney Shield, if you're not keeping an eye on your players and, you know, you're not getting updates on how people are going from week to week, mate, things fall apart. Players get disgruntled with coaches, get disgruntled with other players, get disgruntled with the clubs. It just, mate, it doesn't work. You need to, the lines of communica- communication need to be open. Everyone needs to be uh, really transparent what's going on uh, from week to week. Because if, if you're a coach in this Wales Cup, watching these players and Ron Massey, and you just send them a text every now and again saying, oh, you're doing great, you're, not, you're doing great, you're not watching their videos, mate, you're just going to lose them straight away. Absolutely. Let's go to your team, Hills District Bulls, and... A team that I think had been rebuilding and rebuilding mm-hmm. fairly well. Yourself along with, uh, I guess, a former teammate of yours, Daniel Harrison, forming the uh, forming the lineup from last year. A team that, again, knows how to find players. Very in-your-face style of play. Of course, I remember the first time I ever called Hills District was up at um, up on a Easter Thursday when they played Asquith Magpies. There was no Sapphire Lounge on that no- that night. I can tell you that, but. <laughs> Certainly, the um, the fights were starting like you would not believe, and I think I remember in particular um, a certain Asquith hooker starting a couple of them, and I think getting Sinbin twice yeah. <laughs> in that one game. Yeah, mate, it's uh, it's, it's always a couple of dust ups with a couple of you know the teams that um, you know we've mixed players over the years. You know, Asquith, uh, there's a lot of Hills boys there. You know, we get a lot of Asquith boys, Guildford boys. Uh, you know, went to an extent. A lot of our junior players all played footy together. So, you know, we all, they, they all played, um, juniors together at Hills and, you know, they start drifting away and not, or not necessarily going for money, but, you know, going for an opportunity at different clubs. And it's always, uh, good to play against your mates. So a couple of our young boys have always got fellas that, you know, they used to grow up together and it's always nice to, uh, you know, rub a couple of heads in the dirt and, uh, stick it to them, but uh, mate, it's, all, it's always it's always fun and games on the field. But uh, as soon as it, afterwards, it's always a shake of the hand. Absolutely. Now, the uh, the one of the things I did want to raise from your team as well was, of course, your your partnership playing in that lineup with the likes of of Josh Lewis and a guy who we've seen around a, a few years already, and, and certainly a very talented player in his own right, and Brad Speechley. Yeah, mate, uh, JL, uh, JL and I didn't really get to, uh, click too much last year. Um, I hurt myself round two. I played with JL when we were, uh, young blokes at, um, at the Roosters and Newtown. And, uh, we had a good combination, myself, Jamie Soward and JL. So, mate, we're really looking forward to last year and Speech coming on board as well. And, um, you know, it didn't work out as, uh, as we planned. Speech, um, had a few things on and he, uh, pulled out, um, 
when all the coronavirus stuff hit, and then I hurt my knee uh, round two of the new cup last year. But uh, mate, we've got a great a lot of great players down at Hills. Uh, Griffo and uh, Mick Gremo always seem to find uh, really really good hard working boys. Um, no one chasing a dollar, just boys that just are good to play with, good hard workers, and uh, obviously with JL, very creative. Looking forward, of course, one of the one of the great moments of the year is when it's Nathan Gremo t- Cup time. Uh, we've been honoured the last couple of years to have called that match live on uh, on Triple H, and you got to experience a couple of those games yourself. A very special match throughout the season. It is, mate. Um, you know, I've, I've known the Gremo since I was uh, five or six years of age. I'm uh, my my brothers, all my older brothers are all good mates with all the Gremo boys. So uh, no, it's always really, really good to be uh, a part of that game um, for Nathan, who's uh, such a such a little champion that um, that uh, that was in an accident, and um, you know his uh, we always um, his memory will always be around now uh, as a Nathan Gemma Memorial, and uh, we always think of him for our organ donation. Absolutely, and we do encourage anyone. Um, to everyone to, to talk with your loved ones about um, organ organ donation when it comes to that time, and I have to say, um, as a, f- a friend of someone who's benefited from from organ donation uh, twice, and this one he's the cystic fibrosis, so uh, we know the power of what what it what it can do and what it can give. So certainly, we encourage everyone at, who attends or is even thinking about that cup have that discussion. Absolutely. Definitely. Let's move on to the next team. It is Mounties, and um, a lot of change for Mounties this year, not only in terms of the lineup itself, but the relationship that they have. Because, of course, you did mention at the top of the show, their, their long-term relationship with Canberra, that's over. Over, mate, yeah. No, it was a uh, surprise to me. Um, I thought that was a, I thought, mate, it was a really great relationship they've had for years, years and years. Uh, it was back when I was... Oh, would have been at Roosters, I think. Uh, they had that uh, relationship, but um, Al found out through uh, my old coach Mick Potter. Uh, he he was on one of the websites not long ago and saw him in the background and sent him a text. And he said, "Yeah, it's all it's all been done and dusted. He's with the Bulldogs now and just sort of oversees a lot of the plays like that New South Wales Cup overseer and uh, spotting all those young blokes coming through and you know um, doing a little bit of training here and there with the, a lot of the young blokes." We did mention earlier on Cameron Cryer, who's been a bit of a journeyman as of late. Started off at Wentworthville, went to uh, Blacktown Workers, now finds himself at Mounties looking to make that push into the New South Wales uh, Cup competition. A very talented hooker in his own right and a very handy kicker. But Mounties' strength over the last couple of years has been their forward pack with a couple of very notable names in that lineup, including their hooker Sam Duggan and their second rowers in particular in Kane McQuiggan and Dean Madison. Mate, they've always had a good good pack and um and a couple of wingers as well, wingers and centers that look like they could be in the pack. It's always uh it's always a very, very happy sight for a hooker when you got you walk into a dressing shed and you got, you know, six foot four, six foot five front rowers and back rowers. You know it's gonna be a good day as long as they find their front. Um you know, you can uh, as, as long as your pack's moving, um you've got plenty of space as a hooker to get out and try and create something. So Mate, it's always, um, yeah, yeah, mate, if you've got two hookers running, two hookers running, 
it's um, no, it's always a good day. We then go on to St Mary's, which, as we know, has become an absolute. Uh, whoa, I mean, what are we? What are you saying in terms of this? One of the biggest breeding grounds in the competition itself. Um, a couple of very noticeable names in their lineup at the moment: Alan Fitzgibbon, Jeff Daniella, who has been a mainstay of the uh, Lebanese rugby league team, Chris Ornizi Scanlon. Uh, of course, this is the team where Maker Sivo first started making a name for himself. Yeah, mate. Um, I remember um, Mako Sivo a couple of years ago running over me two or three times at Crestwood. That wasn't that wasn't lovely. But uh, mate, Jeffy Jeffy Daniela, he's been there. I used to play Jeffy uh, schoolboy footy. He used to be at St Dom's. I used to be at Black Blacktown Paddies. So um, yeah, mate. He's he's been there for a while after his first grade career, and um, he's a very loyal loyal player and. Um, he's just like uh, Timmy Robinson, just someone you won't. As soon as they're in that team, you're not getting them out. The the St Mary's machine has been one that's been fabled for years. Of course, preferred by Phil Gould as a as the breeding ground for the for the Penrith Panthers. But it has to be said, it's a reputation that they they well and truly earned over the years, uh, even during their time when they ran the New South Wales Cup team on behalf of the Panthers. Oh, you, you 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 have a good look at what they've got there in their coaching staffs. So like uh, the last couple of years has been, you know, you know the Brad Drews and and uh, I think pretty sure Luke Swain's the coach there now. He definitely he is, was there yeah. last year. It's like the, the kind of people that they keep around the club from back in the day. Uh, you know, hardworking people, hardworking players. You know, they weren't weren't afraid of the grind, and that just sort of just and like, exactly what you're saying. What Gus. Tried to instill in that in that uh, in that club is getting those kind of people around the club that have been there before that do the that go through the grind that love the train work hard and that just filters all the way down all the way down to the kids. Mate, the Panthers have always had such a great great young base and that's just uh, carried on now at St Mary's where they've got somewhere to go now. Um, they get a little bit of cash to play a bit of footy and then uh, they can build from there. And not only that, but the rumour going around at the moment that there might be one former player, Tim Grant, may even be making a, an odd return to St Mary's. Now, if that makes um, certain people feel uncomfortable in other competitions, spare a thought for those that actually have to play against this lineup if Tim Grant does line up. Yeah, mate, he, he's such a great player. He made, made a big difference down the coast last year. Um, I think he was playing for the Butchers, through all Butchers, and uh, made a big difference for those boys last year. And um, it will make a big difference for St Mary's. And that's just another uh, another reason, you know, Swaney's probably got him there. Just an old bloke, uh, an old head, sorry, that um, that wants to grind and, you know, play some good good footy up front, dominate, try and dominate in the middle. And if you're, an, if you're another young front rower playing with him, that just lifts you a peg or two, and especially if you're a hooker playing behind him, every time he runs, gets quick play of the ball, draws a couple of players, bang, you're off straight beyond the run. I forgot, to, I forgot to mention as well, they've also got... I mean, could you imagine having Tim Grant in the lineup with Jeff Daniela, with Kurt Falls, Alan Fitzgibbon, and I forgot to mention, they've even got Sam McKendry in this lineup. Oh, this Sam is, McKendry. Well, that's, a, that's a great pack. Yeah. Great pack. 
Yeah, Mate, that's, that is that's going to be one of the danger packs for them uh, this year. So um, certainly they're going to be one of my favourites uh, for the competition this year. We are going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we will finish off the rest of the teams in the Ron Massey Cup. And from there, it will be Heathless Strange to drop and give us 20. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Splinters, the Veg Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM and streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Not only that, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso alongside our special guest, Heath Lestrange, to talk about the Ron Massey Cup. We've just gone through the majority of the teams, two left to go to talk about, and one of them, Heath, is the powerhouse from Ringrose Park, the Wenty Magpies, and... One of the, one of the old guys used to go, come up against in particular lining up, possibly lining up for them this year again is Bo Henry. Yeah, mate, I played Bo, I played with Bowie at, uh, the Dragons. We had a, a really good relationship there. We had a good off season there. Um, mate, he's such a, and I played against him also, uh, when I played for Collegians down the South Coast. He played for Dapto. Great player, great leader. Um, he's very, very, very bad on the chat on the field. Um, he will, he will, he'll let you know exactly how everything's going, and then if you give him a little bit, he he goes off like a uh, like a firework. But um, mate, when he's got a great history, just like Cabra and um, and Guildford and you know all those and Mounties, um, really really well run, a great um, a, a lot of great young players. You know all their all their teams are always full up from under sevens all the way to nineteens. Um, and a lot of great coaches and very well run up in the um, in the big house up there by uh, Rod Pritchard. <laughs> the the ground itself has been a, a very crucial part. Of course, you mentioned Rod Pritchard and his um, uh, you got Ryan now coming through as the hooker there as well. But it's not just the Rob Pritchard's going through, but a lot of the ex-Paramatta players who have come back and helped out um, from time to time, the likes of you know Tim Manor as well, often coming back and giving them a hand, whether if he drops in for a game or helps out with the coaching from time to time. The, the resources available to this club is absolutely incredible, not to mention their um, their league's club. Yeah, it is, mate. Uh, like you said, it's got a lot to do with the league's club, but it's got to do with people like Rod as well. Show my age here. You know, young Ryan, I've known him since he was born. So, um, you know, for someone like that, for Rod to bring his son up in the, you know, at the one club, he did go off for other opportunities to play to crack first grade. Uh, but he is back now with his hometown club, which is always great to see. But uh, like you said, you know, players like Tim Manor dropping back. If you ever, if you even get people like that dropping back and just giving like hints and tips, just like Tim Grant at St. Mary's and, you know, Tim Robinson at Hills, you know, that, that kind of experience is so influential on a lot of the players, uh, young blokes coming through. And, uh, you know, hopefully it takes them to that next stage. Hopefully not for Wenny, but uh, hopefully for other clubs. Last club we've got lined up is the Windsor Wolves. Uh, I believe your good mate, I've heard Brent Kite, is going to be going around and helping out with coaching again. But the big news that came out from the Wolves only came through last week. They have a 
announced the signing of Tony Williams into their lineup. Well, wow. yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that about Cody. I thought Cody was still up the uh, up the coast, but um, he he was he was scheduled to take over a couple of years ago at the St Mary's or Windsor, and I think it fell through for for some reason. But um, oh, it's great to see Cody uh, back coach again. If, he, if, if that rumour is true, oh, we should preface that, of course. Okay, all right, no, yeah, no yeah. worries. But he's very influential. He used to uh, he used to bail uh, Matty Orford and Jamie Liner in halves and in the halves meeting, trying to tell them what to do. So he's got his um, very pushy in the way that he wants to play his game, old Cody, Even though he's a front rower, ball playing front rower, try scoring front rower. So of course you put him over. You put him over to score in that grand final, didn't you? I, I did. I haven't heard a thank you, but anyway, that's that later when hopefully we go and call that game. But, um, mate, that's a big deal for uh, Windsor if they get Tony Williams, uh, big T-bone. He was uh, really getting back to his uh, his old self before he hurt his knee again um, a couple of years ago, I think when he was uh, started training at Blacktown, I think it was, or when he was at Para. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, once you've done your knee a couple of times, it's always a little weak. And they always say they're a lot stronger, but, you know, not in your mind if... Sometimes if, if you think it's a little weak or it's a bit sore, something might happen, and, and unfortunately these things happen. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how Windsor picked themselves up. Of course, they did take a, a fairly extended sabbatical from New South Wales Rugby League um, to play in the Penrith A grade. They attempted a comeback last year, was stifled because of COVID. We will see how they go this year. It will be a big challenge for them to see if they can make that, um, that full-time move. But, Heath, it has come to that point of the night. Many have come, many have taken on this challenge. They've sometimes been left battered and bruised, but they are, they always say that they are better for the experience. It is our answer to Top Gear's incredibly famous star in a reasonably priced car. So without further ado, Heath Strange, are you ready to drop and give us 20? Ready to rock and roll, mate. Let's get straight into it, and we're going to kick things off with a fairly easy one for yourself. Um, your original home club. My original home club is the Hillsborough Bulls. Yeah, my uh, all four of my brothers, or all four brothers, we played um, for Hills. So uh, uh, it's a very, very great, great place out in Borker Mills. And we've got. To, I have to ask as well. How how long has the aforementioned Sapphire Lounge been going there? Sapphire. Oh, yeah, you, you were talking about it before. I've never heard of the Sapphire Lounge. Ah, uh, it's the Sapphire reference. Lounge. It's uh, a certain uh, Sultan, Tony Dosen, makes reference to the DJ that often rocks up there on <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's on the hill. He's on the hill, the DJ. He's, um, mate, he doesn't stop. I'll tell you what, he's there about <laughs> an hour before Sydney Shield and he's about an hour after we leave. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah he doesn't stop. Oh, get you, you, you make sure you bring your shoes down for that night, for that afternoon in particular. <laughs> um, a little bit of uh, dirt dancing. Oh, absolutely! Your home, your original hometown hero. Hometown hero. So what? From the Hills District or from the Hills District? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you have to. There's a, there's a couple there. Like, a, like maybe a Johnny Coke. Oh, mate, I'm gonna have to go. John Williams. Yeah. My, uh, I, I grew up with. Obviously, I grew up with Johnny and Dave. Uh, Dave Williams. Dave was uh, the Wolfman, and Johnny was his older brother. I played with Johnny. He played uh, tri-scoring machine that played for the Cowboys, Parramatta, and the Sharks. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely my hometown hero, hometown so hero. You're, you're you're officially declaring the younger brother got got all the got um that bit more of the talent, are you? Or are we saying because David Williams is a winger, he's excluded because you know the wingers tend to be 
people who hang around rugby league players. Nah, there's mate. Yeah. <laughs> mate, they're both wingers. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, no, mate, oh, mate, I love Davey. Davey's one of my good mates, but uh, Johnny's one of my best mates. So, mate, I'm very proud of having one of my best mates, um, and he's done very well for himself. Your first competition try, do you remember it? Oh, I do remember. It was in my debut against the Broncos. Won't bore you with the with the details of you know the chip chase and drawing everyone on the field, but um, no, I uh, just uh, pretty much just went down a short side and um, a few players, Webke and uh, a few a few other players, uh, Tony Carroll fell over each other, Gordon Tallis fell over each other, and I just seemed to find the line down a short side. So very unexpected. That was a that was a Great year for me for my debut. I played, you know, people like Brad Fittler and Craig Fitzgibbon and Luke Rickardson and people like that. It was, uh, it was a great year. Your first, your most memorable on-field moment. I could think of a couple. I could think of one in particular. Uh, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. Forty nil. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so, mate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, mate. It was unbelievable. What an amazing day, amazing year. The week and the build-up build oh. is just something completely different as well. You don't experience anything like the build-up to grand final week. No, not at all, mate. It's a, um, it's something that you, you just can't imagine, especially the four weeks. After the, after the GF, uh, especially the way that Des had us prepared for it, you know, underneath the radar and, you know, we didn't want anyone thinking about us, you know. Everyone talked about Melbourne and everyone talked about the Broncos and everyone else and... We just, you know, just kept to ourselves, and then, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're forty nil up in a grand final, and a couple of weeks later, you really look back and you saw how dominant we were in that that final series. I think we only conceded two tries in three games and scored over a hundred points. Well, the other one, of course, to to men- other thing to mention as well is, of course, you went um, one hundred and sixty minutes without conceding a point in that in that finals and that just happened to be the grand final qualifier in the grand final itself yeah right. yeah no, no, they made great memories we had a you look back now what an amazing side we had a great forward pack from from my point of view obviously obviously as a hooker you always just try and focus on your middles and who can give you a go for it and you quick play the balls but you you quickly realize you didn't have too much of a problem when you looked outside your middles and you got you know, Matt Orford, Jamie Lyon, Brett Stewart, Steve Maddai, Steve Bell, uh, the freak David Williams on the on the wing. You know, it was just a, you know, then you got the uh, Watmow and and Brett Stewart, just ah, uh, Glenn Stewart, just yeah. And your mate, but we shouldn't forget the impact of your the couple of your mates, Mark Bryant and Glenn Hall, coming off the bench as well. Yeah, oh, I'm not going to talk about them yet because uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to label them a little bit further down. <laughs> in this. Well. Well, as we know, we always encourage people to be thrown under the bus and thrown under the bus hard, so we can't wait, can't wait for that to happen. Let's move on to question five. Your most embarrassing on-field moment. It's embarrassing on-field moment. I don't think I've had anything really, really uh, memorable to come up. It could be someone else. Well, actually, no, we'll save that for a little bit later on, I guess, then. Um, who did you grow up supporting? Say, and we always like to throw to your main sport and any other sports. Mate, you're going to... Look, I'll, I'll go with Parramatta. You know, I, was, I grew up as a you know Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny, uh, Peter Wynn, all those kind of people that are my as idols. You expect, being from the hills, from the hills district, it is Parramatta territory, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and then um, I know you know yourself as a Manly fan, you're probably not going to like what I'm going to say here. My favourite player growing up, when I got to you know my 
10, 10, 11, 12 was Brett Kamali and the Melbourne Storm when they came in the competition. But, um, yeah, I apologise for that, mate. No, no, he, he, he was quite a good player in, in his own right. And, um, yeah, I guess in, in a way, sort of, in his own way, sort of reinvented the role of the, of, of the halfback. Uh, from he was that transitional halfback really from the nineties to the to the noughties, if you think about it. So definitely, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah it's such a you know small impact player uh, that was fast, agile, and um, unfortunately he didn't really defend too much. But um, yeah, mate, they, they were a great team. The uh, the Storm back in the day in their uh, their opening years, and then I think ninety eight, ninety nine, they won at the ninety nine, but. Um, yeah, I just I just love the purple and gold jerseys. They were uh, they were my favourite. They were very sharp. They were very sharp indeed. Uh, your claim to fame off field? Claim to fame off field would have to be my my beautiful wife and my family. Um, I got you know I got a beautiful wife that I've known since I was um, since we were sixteen, seventeen, and um, we now have two beautiful uh, beautiful girls. Um, so yeah, that's my definitely my claim to fame off the field. Three sports stars to have dinner with and why? This will get you thinking. Oh, that's just throwing me that one. That's, that's, um, that's always a good one. Because that, love, uh, my favorite, always my favorite, has always been Mike Tyson. I just his ferocity and being able to be labelled the most dangerous man in the world is um, is amazing. I love him. So he he definitely be there. Yeah, oh, Daniel yeah. Ricciardo. Oh, mate. Yeah, I reckon I'll go Ricardo. I love MF1, so yeah, I'll go him. I'll go Dave Pocock for some reason. I like that. I like that. I don't know yeah. why I went in. Just a hard grinding. Yeah, I like him. I like so, him. So, Mike Tyson, right. Daniel Ricardo, and David Pocock. I like that. Good mm. variety in that one there. Here's, a, here's one for a bit of fun. Which sport do you think the world could do without and why? Which sport would you ditch in a heartbeat? Probably table tennis? Uh, only because yeah. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That is absolutely fair enough. Here's an interesting one for you. For rugby league, what do you think is the big issue facing rugby league today? Biggest issue facing rugby league today, would you say off-field? It can be off-field. Off yeah, it can be off-field. I, I say I'm stupidity of players off the field, remembering who you are and what you are to a lot of young young uh, up-and-coming rugby league players. I think that's, that is more than reasonable for a big issue that and you see it every year you you think there's something going to happen in terms of the off field and just went off the season and just when you think it, you're going to get away with it something happens yeah yeah no, absolutely here's one for you H how have you killed time during the off season when you were playing uh we were growing up we were uh big water skiers so uh off seasons Used to be filled with uh, going up the Hawks River and going water skiing for weeks on end. So, um, mate, whenever we get a little bit of time off, we usually go water skiing or yeah, a little bit of beach. My, my wife is a uh, avid beach goer, so I get dragged down to the beach a little bit and uh, we get out on the stand up paddle boards. I actually enjoy it now. I used to be a little bit. I'm, I'm very pasty, so I used to get burnt a lot. So I never used to enjoy it, but I do enjoy it now. That we live in the northern beaches. I like getting the girls out in the uh, stand-up paddle boards and we go for a little cruise down the pit water, which is nice. But, um, yeah, just either that, water skiing or, um, you know, water sports, mate. It's, it's always something calming about um, water. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd imagine kayaking would have been right up there for yourself if you ever got the chance to. 
Yeah, I'd love to, mate. I actually got told by my um my, my knee surgeon that uh, I've got to stop running and I need to take up either yeah, I've got to take up um, kayaking in the pit water. Yeah, oh, that's a it's a great area to go, and even along the Hawkesbury River, just going kayaking as well would be great fun. Definitely. Uh, the biggest influence in your sporting career? Biggest influence in my sporting career would probably oh, I've got a couple there. I think a young bloke growing up. I had uh, three older brothers, so definitely my brothers have moulded me to the the rugby league player that I am. All, all three brothers have different characteristics. Uh, I believe, yeah, the, the reason I made it physically was because of them. Because I, I was obviously a small player, I had to, you know, Shawnee taught me how to tackle differently, and uh, Ryan sort of taught me my aggression, and probably I think got Wade. Wade taught me my aggression as well, but you know, Wade taught me a bit of skillfulness as well of you know when to run and. And when to when to figure out when players are tired and stuff like that. Was Shawnee gave him my defence and yeah, obviously Ryan yeah the aggressiveness. But um uh yeah and then and also uh, my father my, my father Barry's a very big uh, Hills District um, uh, mentor down there. Um, he's been down there for you know thirty five forty years. Yeah, he's always been a big part of my rugby league career. Here's an interesting one for you: your pre-match and post-match ritual. Pre-match and post-match ritual. Pre-match, I think I always used to call my dad, even if it was just a quick, uh, quick five-second. He 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 knew the deal, so it was a lot of the time it was pretty much just a, uh, pretty much I just give him a quick dial-up and he'd just go, all right, mate, yeah, no worries, you know what to do, get the ball in your hands, get your forwards going straight, uh, quick play the balls, okay, see you later. That's all I needed to be done. It just sort of just calmed me, even though I've, I've known that. For a long time, it just sort of always seemed to calm me going into a big game. After a game, probably something dirty and delicious, probably like a McDonald's burger or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my wife always used to have something ready for me. <laughs> we used to, um, when we used to play at Brookie, my wife used to pick me up. We used to go straight around the corner to that uh, McDonald's. Uh, Brookie. <laughs> uh, it would have been about four or five cars in the drive through There was uh, Jason King, Brent Kite. Uh, Jamie Lyon, all the boys were all in the same line, and just yeah, that that was our big feed for the week. So you always gotta have a cheat meal. I love it. I have the, I could just see it now that that long long driveway just lining up, and I could imagine the kids in the in the drive-through just taking a look and just seeing where all of these players coming from. Yeah, mate. Especially the uh, the amount King used to order. He used to get about four or five McChickens, and you know. Couple of dub, double quarter pounders and all that kind of well, stuff. He, so. would, he would just demolish that and then some, I'd imagine. So, oh, mate, not these days. He looks a million bucks these days, big king dog. Oh, what when he's when he's out of the courtroom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now this is the this is the moment, of course, you've been waiting for because we now start throwing people under the bus here. So, the biggest pest in your sporting career? Biggest pest? I'll go Dave Williams. Biggest pest. He's just an absolute. What was it, what was so pest like about him in particular? Is it just the, the 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 things that he would say, the antics he used to get up to? All um, of the all of the above, Anthony. All of the above. He, he seems to be so um, with the um, the Golden Eagles this year. Uh, Mark Bryant, who runs the Golden Eagles, he uh, he got a few of us together for the 2008 Grand Final, and we had some guests come to the Four Pines at Brook, Brookvale and we you know, watched the 2008 Grand Final, watched the 40 nil, got the 40 nil experience and uh, it was supposed to be just for a couple of beers and you know it was, it was midweek so we'd just have a couple of beers and then drive home. <sighs> uh, David decided to 
really turned one on and was jumping on tables and, and realised that he wasn't even drinking. He was doing backflips off tables and <laughs> pretending he loved everyone and he's kissing people, he's kissing blokes and it's just, he's just, and then mate, you get in the car and he's just like, geez, that was a good night, wasn't it? Like, do you understand what you just did? So he's the kind of guy that gets drunk on proxy. He just, like, he just loves having a good time. Mate, oh. if, you, if anyone's up for a good time, it's David. And then um, you seem to find yourself having a good time around David, no matter where you are. This might lead in very nicely to the next question. And again, you know, great opportunity. Funniest moving, moment involving a teammate can be on the field, can be off the field. Funniest moment involving a teammate. I'll go a little old school. Okay, my first year of first, uh, no, I think it's my second year of first grade. We were at the Roosters and we were, uh, it was, I think it was, uh, night before our grand final for New South Wales Cup. Uh, Dave Shillington was living at a house in Bondi, yep. Kensington. And, uh, myself, Grant Ravelli, Adam Schubert, uh, who else is there? I think Jamie Soward, Trent Carruthers. Uh, there might have been a couple of other boys. I apologize if I've missed anyone. We, uh, decided to break into Shillow's house when he went to bed. But being Shiloh, Shiloh's this big six foot six, hundred and ten, fifteen kilo bloke that you know, he's not afraid of anything. We knew he had a little soft spot, so we uh, we tried to get in there. We had the balaclavas on, we had baseball bats, and um, the light was on. And his uh, his roommate was there, Trindle, and um, you could see he sort of noticed something was going on. And we were trying to we we're at the front trying to rustle a few trees, and all of a sudden, Shiloh's come to the front door. He stormed out with a baseball bat. Oh, no, it was a golf club. He had a driver. And he was taking swings at us, and we were trying to jump out and trying to say, mate, it's us, it's us, it's us. He goes, who the F is us? Like that. Oh, it's Ravs. And Ravs sort of ran up to him and said, mate, I'm so sorry. It's me, it's me, it's me. But uh, that was a good time. The uh, Ricky Stewart actually found out about it the next day, uh, grand final day, and he just dragged us over the coal for it because uh, if anything would have happened, if Shelley would have hit any of us, you know, the police were called and everything could become a bit of a scene. So, yeah. And knowing two things from that, knowing Sticky, he he would have absolutely blown a head gasket about it. The second thing is that I'm surprised David Shillington would waste his arguably favourite driver on something like that as well. Like that's just that there clearly he's taken that into thought. He hasn't just pulled out a three iron that he know he can't hit. He's pulled out his driver. No, well, mate, he was uh, him and his um, him and his roommate were actually thought they were intruders trying to get into the house, and I think he was uh, he was ready to kill. So. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty terrifying, actually. <laughs> well, what started off as a joke ended up being very terrifying, and, uh, we're glad that the police, when they did turn up, that it was all, uh, it was all fun and games. Oh, it's all fun and games until someone gets a club wrapped around their head. Exactly. Uh, now, here's a good one for you. Which teammates have the best and worst chat or banter on or off the field? Mark Bryant is definitely uh, one to have the, probably the best chat. He's an uh, absolute legend, old box man. He'll, he'll find a, a chink in your armour and he'll attack it. Worst chat. Tell me you just... You just Matty you Ballon. Matty Ballon has the worst chat. Got my wife laughing in the background. Matty Ballon, definitely. Nah, I'm MP. To, absolutely love MP. I'm going to have to mention that to Dom Rizzuto because, of course, his family are very good friends with the Ballon family, and I'm sure they would love to hear that Matt Ballon has the worst chat of the lot. Ah, he's a legend. I love, I love MV. I love MV. Best and worst teammate on the circuit. I'll go. I'll, I'll keep this in the family. You got best. Can, can I go worst and worst? 
Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go Dumb and Dumber here. I'll go John Williams and David Williams. John and David Williams are probably the worst two people to go out to drink with in the world. Anything in particular about them? Just horrendous banter, horrendous they, ability with they, um, having a couple. So David's David's just David, so he's just yeah. worst. And then you got John, who when he gets on the on the turfs, he becomes a shadow of himself and becomes a bit of an angrier David. Wow. <laughs> It's awesome. It's really good, actually. Your biggest rival. Now, it could be like good friendly rivalry or someone you legitimately have bad blood for. Don't really have any rivals. Yeah, I always had uh, Robbie Farinoy. We're always uh, hookers coming through. He was, uh, you know, the um, Balmain boy and I was the Parramatta boy. Uh, That's a decent one to have, to be perfectly honest, up against yeah. Wobby. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that one. He's yeah. probably one of the best hookers to ever play the game. It's not, not like to the level of, say, Spud Carroll and Paul Harrigan, because that was, that at one point was just every time those two got on the field against each other, it was on for young and old. Yeah, yeah. Always, always had a thing when uh, we were at the Super League. I always had a thing with Mark Bryant. We had a bit of a, you know, we've been friends for a long time. We had a little bit of an altercation at the Magic Weekend where I uh, raced out to try and put a hit on. Uh, boxy, you know, just got my head in the wrong spot and, uh, I got knocked out and I was on the ground a little bit all over the place and, uh, I got taken off and over there. This is before the, uh, the concussion stuff. So I come off the field and I was just sitting there a bit dazed and Glenn Hall, Glenn Hall was in the same team with, from Manly as well. So we were at Bradford. He's sitting next to me. He's gone. He's like laughing at me. I don't want you laughing. He goes, mate, did you just see what Boxy did after he, after he uh, knocked you out, I went, no. He goes, he got up and he sort of, he slammed his chest and he spat, he, like, he, he spat down next to you. I went, he did not. He goes, mate, I'm telling you, he did. I went, no worries. I looked over the coach, Paul McNamara, Steve McNamara, I said, mate, can I go back on? He goes, yeah, if you feel right, no worries. So anyway, as soon as I went back on there, just uh, every time Boxy got the ball, I was trying to take his head off and he's like, He's there looking at me and like I'm wrestling, I'm rubbing dirt in his face and I'm wrestling him on the ground and give him a couple of little jabs and after the game he's going, mate, you're right. I wasn't talking to him. I was just like, yeah, yeah, good mate, good, good. Just walked away. Paulie's there giggling. Uh, after the game he's going, mate, what? What's wrong with you? I go, mate, I saw what you did. He goes, I didn't do anything. Paulie goes, mate, I made it up. I apologise. <laughs> so, I was, uh, I think it was a little bit of the concussion. And also, I've, uh, I was a bit embarrassed about it. We, we, didn't really, we, we didn't really talk for that whole weekend. We're away in the Magic Weekend up in Scotland, and um, our wives and everything, we're all staying together, and Boxy and I didn't talk the whole weekend. <laughs> and all because you got stitched up by Glenn Hall. Oh, yeah. It was all good. Uh, after about a week, we started texting each other again, but uh, it, was pretty, it, was, it was pretty touchy go there for a minute, for me in the box. Did you have a do you have a team you always maybe while you're growing up or you know in this current day and age that you always you know always used to you know get fired up against and why? As in like first grade or when I was younger? Any time. Uh, younger it was always Wenny. Uh, yeah. We had this oh and Cabra always had this hate relationship uh, with with both of those. Uh, both of those teams. Uh, I'm not sure why. They just always had really good players and. Uh, really competitive young players. Uh, first grade was, I should, I shouldn't not, I shouldn't be hating them, but, uh, Parramatta always really, really, uh, dislike Parramatta, even though I'm a Parramatta fan 
sort of now as well, but growing up, massive Parramatta fan, I think it was the whole thing of, you know, they told me I wasn't good enough to play first grade there, so I just always had a pro- uh, point to prove whenever I played para. Oh, mate, that, that's poetic. Absolutely poetic, that. And to finish it off, question number 20, the ultimate throw-em-under-the-bus scenario, which sports personality would you nominate to next drop and give us 20? Have you done boxy? Have not done boxy yet. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll nominate Mark Bryant. Nominating dog. Mark Bryant. Mark Bryant, you have been officially called out to drop and give us 20. Are you up for the challenge? You report. You're going to have to report in now, and Heath will make sure you turn up. Done. Done. Ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here. What an amazing episode we've just had. Um, talking about Ron Massey Cup, talking about a bit of the experience growing up and playing rugby league, and I want to thank our special guest tonight, Heath Lestrange, for an amazing time. Heath, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Anthony. I really appreciate that, mate. And I um, hope uh, Ron Massey have a great year and hopefully they get all their games over and dusted and um, everyone comes through hopefully injury-free. Absolutely. Well, we hope that uh, this will be the platform for the return of Rod Massey Cup to its fullest extent in 2022. And, uh, of course, there is only one place to catch it, the only station that regularly calls Rod Massey Cup. It is... Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. And, of course, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast, uh, which will be available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Heath Strange, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. 